Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Double Impact Healing and Deliverance Center of Christ podcast. Uh, you have tuned in where our pastor and founder is Apostle Keith Blanton. We welcome you. We thank you. We um, are so blessed to have you tuning into the word that God has for you today. Um, you have your myself, Prophetess Ebony Richardson. You have also Minister Yvonne Tucker. And you also have Minister Galen Cook. And I promise you that the Lord definitely has a word for you. So you definitely want to get your pens, your papers um, to write down here and take notes because he definitely has something for you. And he's preparing his people even more. He's definitely talking in this hour. And this is not the season or the time that you do not want to hear the verse, the voice of the Lord, because he's definitely dealing with his people if we hearken to his voice. So um, if you haven't done so already, get your pens and paper. Before we get into the word, Minister Cook is going to take us into prayer. So you have a few seconds to grab paper and pen if you haven't done so already. Minister Cook. Lord, we thank you for bringing us together on today. We thank you for waking us up. The strength you, that you have placed within our bodies for the health that you have given us, oh yes, Lord, Lord God. We take it not for granted. We come humbling our hearts and casting down everything within us that's not like you. Every ungodly attitude and disposition, yes, everything Lord. that is not of your character, yes, all Lord. fear, doubt, and unbelief, jealousy, envy, strife, disobedience, yes, rebelliousness, and witchcraft, everything that is contrary to the grace on our lives, that is contrary to your will for us, we renounce and denounce it and cast it into the lake of fire to burn forevermore in the mighty name of in Jesus. Name we of open Jesus. up our hearts and we give you the right of way to take out of us everything that is not like you with the residue thereof, O oh Lord God, that nothing remains so that you have a clean slate to work with yes, and to do Lord. as you see fit, oh Lord God. And we thank you for your cleansing. We just give you the right of way to come in and to speak through us that your people may be able to hear and be healed, delivered, and set free by the word that you would bring forth. It is not by our, our power or our might, but it is by your sweet Holy Spirit. So set the atmosphere, move through us, and speak through us. We give you the right of way and we bind and cast down every attack of the enemy that will try to come against the signal, that will come against the people from hearing the word. We will yes, turn Lord. every attack back upon the enemy's own head and we seal it upon yes, him Lord, and Jesus. forbid it to come nigh our dwelling. And we thank you, O Father God, and your son Jesus. Holy and mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, people of God, every season is an awesome season before the Lord. And, you know, this is also a day that the Lord hath made. So we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Um, whew, so much to pour out, people of God. because uh, He's definitely talking. So if you're consecrated and you're before him, it's so important to uh, not just know who you are in this season, but study your lineage. And what I mean by lineage, not just that lineage that you were birthed out in naturally. So study the lineage of the anointing in the place that God has called you, has elevated you to uh, according to the grace that he has given to you. And so um, I know within this season, myself personally, the Lord has been dealing with me um, and, and studying these things and, and getting before the Lord and pouring out and He's pouring in and taking out and he's moving and exalting. It's a very narrow way. Um, however, um, it, it is the blessed way it is the way that he leads and guides. So um, today. 
the Lord has um, led us to um, the book of Job. Now, before you hear all oh, the book of Job, all oh, the suffering, and then he got it back 100 fold, like what I really need you to understand is the breakdown and the message that uh, was brought about within the, the text and the scripture. You need to understand that the word says that um, with great wisdom comes great sorrow. And you need to understand <laughs> that, you know, God does things to process you. You need to understand not just who you are, but who you are, know what's around you, how to be kept, understand the God, know the God, love, trust, rest in the God that brought you to the place you are right now. And even though sometimes, you know, we people of God, we can be in a place where it'd be like, you know, the happenings in the, the happenings of God and the exaltation has just, it's, it's, it's taking you so fast and it's pulling you so quick. And, you know, it seemed like, oh Lord, before I can almost grab this, you're giving me that. And, you know, um, then you're understanding the times and the seasons around you. Um, but God will also strategically give you ways to counterattack the enemy. Know your enemies. If you if you if you walk in a Jehu anointing, understand Jehu's uh, enemies, understand Jehu's weaknesses, understand the mindset of Jehu. Study what happened so that you can supersede your successor, not just the man or woman of God that the Lord may have put before you, if that's the grace upon your life, but understand your forefathers in the gospel, understand how they have been, had got snared or how they have fell from God or how one minute the word was saying, you know, and God so loved him or so loved her. And then it says, and then the wrath of the Lord stirred up because he was the, his anger was kindled. Understand what happened between the place where God loved them and the place where they fail because if you know how they missed it because the enemy you know there's nothing new under the sun but but the enemy is shrewd so we have to understand these things so so today as the lord had dealt with me about this and this has been a meditation of my own and just the the lord had been constantly talking through and dealing with this so we're going to share this with you uh job the first chapter and this is the King James Version I'm, I'm reading from. It said, There's a, there was a man in the land of, of Uz whose name was Job. It's funny how some people see Job and think Job, but yeah. check, check this out. It says, and the man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So I want to go back to some things. We all know that that word perfect means mature. Yes. That word upright, because it says he was perfect. He was upright. Upright means he was a doer of the word. Yes. God would give him instructions. God would give him grace. And he was a walk it out man. Mm -hmm. And so it says he feared Lord. And we all know that fear is the beginning of wisdom. So this was a wise man of God. And it says, and he is skewed evil. When I read that, I think of the scripture that says shun the very appearance of evil. Mm -hmm. So that means that not only was he holy, righteous and upright, but he made sure that his good works, as the Bible would say, was not evil spoken of. People were able to see his good works and glorify his father, which was in heaven. He was a submissive man. So the verse two says, and there were born unto him 
seven sons and three daughters. That's a lot, people of God, but I'm going to keep going here. It says his substance also was 7,000 sheep and there were uh, there were 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men, the, all the men of the East. Let me tell you why this man of God was wealthy, because he, God had to deal with me. God had to deal with my lineage. God had to talk to me. I had to get some understanding here because we know all about his suffering. We know all about his reward, but we don't really understand the man. When when God began to show me all the things that he had, God showed me Job was a process man. God showed that huh, this man had been through tribulation that worked patience. And patience, experience, and experience hope, and his hope made not a shame. So these were manifested blessings for his faithfulness. God had also showed me that Job was the man talked about also in the New Testament. Where, was, where did they say Job in the New Testament? I'm going to show you. Job was the man with the ten talents. Because he who was faithful in few things, the Bible says is made ruler over much. So for it to say, he had seven sons, he had three daughters, he had 7,000 sheep, he had 3,000 camels, he had 500 yoke of oxen. Oxen also represent street, uh, 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 strength. It also represents the presence of God. It says, 500 she asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest man of all the east. When I heard this greatest man thing, it reminded me of the New Testament when the when the men of God, when the disciples came before Jesus and said, who was going to be the greatest amongst us? And he said, he that would serve. He would be the servant of all. Job was a submissive man. Let me tell you about this 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 submission thing because God has been dealing with me about this submission thing and this this submission place is a power it is a it is an authority is it is a it is a it is a tool it is a weapon it is a glory of God that nothing and no one could ever defeat. So when you are submissive to the instruction, when you are faithful. Over the things that God has given to you, not just naturally so, but spiritually so. For God to have shown us that He had all these things naturally so. This man had something in his spirit. This man had some power with God. Yeah. This man was known in the gates, as Proverbs 31 said. This was not somebody to be played with. This is somebody that was highly favored of God. This was somebody that had suffered with God. This is how he knew God. This was somebody that God told secrets to. This is who God had invested into. This is somebody that God spoke face to face with. This was a serving man. He didn't have time for games. He was the greatest of all because he served. He was in a capacity where he was about his father's business. He wasn't found playing. He wasn't found with family. He was about his father's business. Jesus, the fourth, the fourth verse said, and his sons went 
and feasted in their houses. It didn't say his house. It said their houses. It says everyone this day and sent and called forth their sisters to eat and drink with them. So it, it says this is what the, his family did. He wasn't in the midst of them. It said that they called upon one another and that they feasted and they drank with one another. It gets deep, people of God. Fifth verse says, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them. How did he sanctify them? Let's get in here. And sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So how did he sanctify his family? How did he keep his family? He rose up early in the morning in prayer. He got before God. His life was the sacrifice. And this is the sanctification of the Lord because they were connected to him. They were kept. He yes. didn't curse God. He didn't fellowship amongst them. He was about his father's business. And it was God, I believe, that led his heart to know what his family was about. What is he doing? It said they drink. It didn't say water. It didn't say juice. It said they drank. And it never said what it was. But the wisdom of the Lord, uh, the prudence, the knowledge, the discernment. wisdom, the understanding, the discernment came in. They may be cursing God in their hearts. Let me let me get before them and stay kept. God can make covenant with you, people of God, and say, I'll save your family. I'll keep your family as long as you stay in position. Yeah. How was that when they were all killed? Let me tell you something. I guarantee you all of them went to heaven. But let me let, let's 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 keep going on. And so now minister, I want to say this real quick while she was talking the also the part where you saying about prayer, especially if you had that covenant with him, with God, he he'll quicken you and give you the discernment where you'll be able to see what your family member is doing and what they're going through. And you can go into prayer and attack that. That's good. Get your pens and paper, people of God. Go ahead. So being sensitive to God because he feared God, his relationship was yes. his most prized possession. So let's go to the sixth verse now, because it's, you know, with all that, you know, he's got some enemies, you know, he got some haters, you know, you know, some things going on. So the sixth verse, it says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also Satan came also among them. You know, when I think of Satan, we know who he is. The Bible clearly indicates his characteristics. He is an accuser of the brethren. He is a thief. He is a murderer. He is the father of of lies he has an agenda so for him to show up before god i i saw this and i got agitated because i already knew he was up to no good it says you know and th there's another scripture in the old testament says that you know you ought to be uh wise as a serpent harmless as a dove this man had some type of intellect this this devil knows some things because he'd be cast down now so now he show up with the men and women of God. <laughs> Getting on my nerves, old devil. Seventh verse says, and the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? And then Satan answered the Lord, because he, yeah, he the father of lies, but he can't lie to the father of heaven. <laughs> he said, it said, and he said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. 
And so when we when we hear that scripture, so many of us think uh, he was walking around the earth and the land. Let me tell you something. We are the earth people of God. He told on himself. He he didn't say names because it was other saints around, but he strongly insinuated. And the Lord picked that up. He told him, huh. I'm running up. I'm running up a muck in the places I have a foothold. Saints that that pretending I'm all about God. Ah, bah, 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 bah. Huh. And they smoking and they drinking and they fornicating and they lying and they raping your sheep. I'm all up in them. I'm walking all up and through and down them and through the earth. So Steve, how's that? I'm finna go go for it some more. It says, and the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? For God to even brought up Job. It says it says all the men were brought before God, all the holy people for God's God is not slow or stupid. Why would he begin to talk about Job if they were not already talking about people of the most high God? Satan had told him I'm running amok through people. <laughs> These folks ain't submitting. I'm I'm, I'm 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 waving stuff before they I'm snatching. these. So I'm running all through. I got footholds everywhere. I'm all throughout the earth. So God said, you know, these were these were these are children that made him ashamed. So God says, have you considered my servant, Job? This 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 conversation gets good, people of God. He says, verse eight, he says, and the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant, my servant, not yours? He wasn't a server of sin. He said, my servant, Job, and there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man. God bragging on him. You this? He says, one that fears God and escheweth evil. Meaning, <laughs> meaning, meaning he he ain't he ain't no punk in the spirit. This somebody that don't even, you're not gonna catch him with the fornicator of sinners. You're not gonna catch him with his kids. This my son. <laughs> and so we know who Satan is, people of God. I want you to keep be mindful of that. It says, then Satan answered the Lord and said, <laughs> Doth Job fear God for not? Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? That means his kids, y'all. And about all that that he has on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance and increased in the land. That's the oxen, y'all. So Job, nobody got. Job been watching him. Job, I mean, not Job. The devil watching Job. He know what he got. He patient. He's been waiting for doors and access. I like I can't wait to get to him, but he couldn't do nothing because he had a hedge of protection around him. He had God. And because Job submitted, God fought for him. It never once said that Job did any of these things. All the glory belonged to God. He was a submissive man. That's why there's power in submission. Yes. It says thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance and his increase in the land. So there's another scripture before I go to the next one. Let me just read the scripture. Verse 11 says, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has. And he will curse thee to thy face. This is the devil. Now, when I saw this verse, the Lord has said to me in the New Testament, he talked about how it's not God that tempts you. It's your desires. He saw that this perfect man had no desires. But it's the devil that tempts you, people of God. Jesus. So now this is why Jesus said, Have, don't tempt the Lord thy God. And I'm going to tell you why. We're going to go up further. Twelve verse. It says, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. 
So the, so the Lord like, you know what? I do keep him. That's my man's. That's my son. Mm-hmm. I never let nobody hurt him. And he does praise me because I am worthy of the praise. Mm-hmm. I do keep him pretty loaded. You know, what, what can he say? You know, mm-hmm. well, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Touch all that he has. This is the Lord saying now. The Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he has in thy power, you can touch it. Only upon him put not forth thine hand. Still can't touch him, but you can touch everything. You can touch everything around, around him. You can't touch him, but it's you can touch, touch everything touch around him. Every, so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Don't you know this devil's watching you? Don't you know this devil know your works? Don't you the Bible? There's another scripture that says that he goes before God day and night, trying to war against the saints. How you think he do that? He's trying to come against your reward. This is why when you do good, evil is present. This, this whoo, I hate this devil. He was ratchet. He, was he, ratchet. he, he showed was, up with the people of God. I could, I could almost see him dirty yeah. in a dirty, nasty suit with all these cleaning men and women of God. And he came with his nose up at him. Which one I want today? I can't wait. Not only that, when the Lord told him to leave his presence, don't touch him, but touch everything around him. It was like Satan said, you know what? Finally. Yes. Thank you. I will be back. Watch this. He's gonna curse you because because I, <laughs> I got a plan. I've been sitting he, on this plan. Because he's so spoiled in, <laughs> mm-hmm. in Satan's eyesight. He's like Job was so spoiled. He never experienced nothing. So I'm gonna make sure that he curse you. I'm gonna make sure that he speaks against you. I'm gonna make sure that he gives up his place of rulership and reign so I can really step in him because I can't step in if there ain't no door open. Pay That's attention why Satan to people. Told him he said in verse nine. Mm-hmm. Does Job fear God for not like basically telling <laughs> him like, he ain't he he don't fear you like he has no reason to fear you because you've never stretched out your hand to, to do him no evil he's mm-hmm. never experienced anything yes. bad so he ain't he don't even fear don't, you yeah if yeah. you touch him if you let something bad happen to him after all of this good you just did for him he gonna curse you to your face because he ain't never been through now here's the thing Job had been through these things because this is how he got his stewardship. He knew, he knew that. Devil knew that, cause he was, he was in the midst of that too. Satan is clever. He's tricky. This, that he knew how to tempt God. This is what the scripture says. So that's why he came the way that he did. And you notice it says, so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Oh, he left quick. He's like, oh, yes, I'm gonna do this myself. I ain't sending nobody. I'm gonna get him myself. So let me go to the thirteenth verse. The thirteenth uh, verse. It says, and there was a day. When his sons and daughters were eating and they were drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Yeah, it says, and there came a messenger unto Job and said, the, the oxen were plowing and, and, and the asses feeding beside them and, and the, the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So now trouble is stirring up. Now I'm keep reading. It says, while he was yet speaking, then came also another and said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven, hath and had burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And, and I only have escaped alone to tell thee. 
And it says, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away. Yea, and they and they slain the servants uh, They and have carried them away. Yea, slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only have escaped to tell thee. Now, after blow. now blow after blow after blow. After all down at one. Man, it says 18. It says, while he was yet speaking, here came also another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wild from the wilderness and smote the corners of the house. And it fell and the young men and, they, and it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Now, wait, man, that devil, that devil, he, he, God told him, man, touch everything, touch everything. So now look at this. I want to show you the state of the stewards that Job had. Cause remember he was the greatest in the land. So the people that's coming to report to him are servants. And the Bible says that a wise man will be serving over a slothful brother. So these People that he was made ruler over, their relationship where what wasn't where his was. They hadn't known God, I mean, suffered and fellowship with him. So these people couldn't even discern the hand, you know, what was happening. Because the Bible said God will not leave you ignorant to Satan's devices. So these men had no discernment. They had no faith, no trust in God at the extent that Job had. This is why there's no friends in the Holy Ghost. But they they didn't have what Job had. This is why he was ruler over them. This is why. They, 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 they didn't have it. So now all this that happened to Job, verse 20 says, then Job arose and he rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. It don't say worry, do it? No, it say worship. It don't say curse God. It said worshiped. And when I read that, I said, man, how could Job worship? His kid's dead. God was keeping him. He was faithful. He didn't do nothing wrong. Job knew God. He could rest and know. God saved my kids. And he knows he has his prayers. He, he knows. knows. He, That's his relationship. He, he knew his connection to him. He knew. They might be dead, but God promised to save them. So, you know, um, I know that that they're not present here. They're present with the Lord. You know, as the scripture says, he knew God to be faithful. He knew God to be righteous. He knew God to be just. He knew God had control of everything. New meaning suffer, 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 suffer. He fellowship with God constantly, which means he knew God was with him. He knew God loved him. What he saw couldn't change that. So he worshiped. Let me. It's something about that worship that will just take you up. In the spirit. It is something about that worship. It is an intimate place. It is a place you walk and live in daily. It is not a service. It is a lifestyle. He still yet repented. When you rent your mantle and he shaved his head, this is how they repented back in the day. Yeah. So he still yet repented because he, even though the Bible says he was just and he was righteous, oh, the New Testament said that if the man think that he said not, he fooled his own self. So he wasn't even a fool. 
He knew God. He was mature. He was everything God had said him to be. So he knew God is so perfect. Maybe I sinned against him in my heart. Maybe I have done something that I was unaware of. Maybe I didn't get up quick enough in prayer. He always knew he could not put fault on God because God was perfect. He still yet submitted that place of power. He knew that there was power on his knees. Not he submitted. That, not just that. The Holy Spirit just said he also repented for his loved ones because everything around him got hit but him. So he knew, wait a minute, let me let me check. I'm going to repent for myself, but I'm also going to repent for them because you took them. And if you touch them, then that means they did something they had no business doing. So I'm going to get down on my knees and repent because I know the connection relationship I have. Keep going, Roman to God. This is good. So the 21st verse says yes. after that, it says, and said naked, this, 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 this right here broke me. Mm -hmm. So I pray that you have an ear to hear this next, this next verse. It said, and Job's, I'm sorry, it says, and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Mm -hmm. The Lord gave, all glory be to God, the Lord gave, <laughs> and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Translation, I didn't have to have, but God gave it to me. It was a blessing to even have received because no other man in the land was where I am. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't look at his circumstances, his situation. He looked at the goodness of God, my God. So when he said, blessed be the name of the Lord, he knew that God is so good that not only did God give it to me, but I handled it so properly that he yet took it back. Thank you, Lord. I, I thank you, Lord, that it's now in your bosom, my children, in your bosom. I thank God that you are God of heaven and the earth so that you see all, you know all, you are everywhere one time. Man, you didn't even allow me to see it with my own eyes. Yeah, and didn't acknowledge the devil in any Nothing. of it, which pissed him off. Keeps going. He didn't whine. He didn't yes. murmur. He didn't complain. He didn't fret. The Bible says that we're not supposed to fret because of yes, evildoers. Yes. He didn't allow the atmosphere that was upon his service to even tarry at his sight. They gave the report and they left. And he got before his God. He didn't call friends. He didn't call uh, mama, sister, brother. He knew immediately, let me worship God because he's just a he worshiped God and he knew God so well that he like, I'm going to still yet worship you because I know your goodness. I know your mercy. This is our relationship. This me, this is this is God I'm talking about. And his heart was after God. Like David, his love, his treasure was God, not what he had, not his children. He didn't love any of them more than he loved God. The New Testament says that you shouldn't love mother, brother, sister, father, anything before God, because you will not be worthy of him. It says, you know, that uh, any man that looketh back once they put their hand to the plow is not worthy. He didn't look back. Not once. He gave glory to the most high God. Chapter two, it says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also amongst them to present himself before the Lord. Here we go again. 
Like he realized I lost. I just empowered this man to have more power, more dominion, more authority over me. Now I didn't even prove myself wrong to God because I didn't told God, oh, he gonna curse you and he worshiped him. I just I just empowered him. Had I had I known that uh, as the New Testament says, had I known that I was crucifying the Lord of glory, I wouldn't have did it. <laughs> so let me get somebody else. It's a, it's, a, it's a fool somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't read verse 22. It says, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Let me let me talk to you, talk to you about this fool real quick. So the fool is a person who lacks sense or judgment. When you're in God, tribulation worketh patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. Hope maketh not a shame. This experience part is where you learn. This is where discernment comes in. This is where you get the spirit of truth that guides you. Yes, in the Old Testament as well. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. He guides you and he leads you. He had all these things. So his discernment was, I have a relationship and God is still good. The 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 atmosphere of belief, his righteousness and believing God did not change. So it says in all this, Job sinned not. That means he didn't backslide or go back to old things, people of God. Now, don't misunderstand me, people of God, because the New Testament says, be ye angry and sin not. So he might have got a little angry. He might have got a little agitated, but he didn't sin. He might have he felt a certain type of way. He, I take that back. He didn't get agitated because agitated is a synonym for fear. And the only fear he had for was God. So he might got angry. Maybe he got angry at those kids. Like as, God, as good as God had been to us and you go and cut the food. But he sinned not. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So a fool is a person who lacks sense or judgment, meaning they don't have discernment. Fool, jester. You know, this is somebody that's, that's joking and is playing. Yes, Lord. It says dupe, idiot, jackass. All these things are fool. It says lunatic. When I saw lunatic, God took me to Matthew 17 and 15, where it talked about the man who had the lunatic son. And it said that, you know, one minute he'd be, and I'm paraphrasing because this, this, is, this is quite a bit of a word. It said that, you know, his son was in and out of the fire. You know, one minute he was in the fire and one minute that he was in the water, meaning, you know, the Lord showed me revelation, meaning one minute they was praising in God and in righteousness and belief. And then something would happen or offend them or they wouldn't complete the process. And now huh, curse God. I ain't with that. Now, now that's what makes them lunatic, because one minute they in the spirit, the next minute they out of the spirit or they'll allow the enemy to strip them. And now they'll wander aimlessly because God ain't purged out of them that thing, that desire that he's looking to kill so he can put his desire in there. So this is an unstable mindset here. That's what he calls a fool, a lunatic. It says a a fool is also one who spends time idly, aimlessly, frivolously. When I think about frivolously, I think about money. Time is money, people of God. So somebody who is not spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, spending time before the Lord, they are spending their time frivolously. It says a fool to meddle or tamper with thoughtlessly or ignorantly, meaning the Lord, you're not acknowledging him before all your ways. So he directs your path. You doing what it is you want to do. You know, it says to speak in jest, joke, deceive. So this is a demonic characteristic here because Satan is the father of lies. Deceit, deceit is, is a synonym for lie. So it says fritter away his time, mess, 
trifle. So we all know what the, the spirit of trifling is. It's a nasty spirit. So this foolish has many different entities. It says kid. You know, there's another scripture that talks about uh, when I was a child, I went where I wanted to go and I did what I wanted to do. But when I came as a man, I thought as a man. So this is somebody that's not led in the ways of the Lord. They doing what they want to do. It says wisecrack, mislead, unsound, um, ridiculously um, un, I can't read my own handwriting, Lord forgive me. So it says, you know, th these are people that don't fear God or reverence God. A fool don't have no wisdom. A fool don't have no reverence, don't have no fear. So there's, there's, there, the spirit has an identity. So it says that he charged God, not foolishly, meaning it's a fool that a charge God, my Lord. So chapter two, it says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also amongst them to present himself before the Lord. Here goes somebody that fell from heaven. Here goes somebody that said, I'm exalt all that it is I have above God. Here's somebody that had a holy place, gave it up, and everybody around him that's presenting themselves to God have been given power and dominion and authority over him. So he looking for foothold. Come on now. You better know who the devil is when he is in your midst. You better understand this spirit and how it will get through people who are not totally surrendered, yielded, and submitted to the will of God. It says, the second verse says, and the Lord said unto Satan, from whence, from whence comest thou? <laughs> Asking him again, who you didn't, who you didn't tripped up again? <laughs> which, <know>. which bishop <laughs> was like, yes. And God knows these things. Which bishop, which prophet, which prophetess, which minister, which elder, which evangelist, which teacher, which pastor you'd been walking up in now. And Satan answered unto the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth. And for walking up and down in it. But you know what the devil couldn't say? Job. <laughs> and that's what God wanted to show the devil. Like he asked him this, not because he didn't know the answer already, but to let him to, to show him. And you still can't say Job. <laughs> you still can't blame my servant. He, you see, God knows how to talk to that man the way he understand. He knows that this serpent is wise. He said, he said, and you still. Without him saying, and yet still can't say Job. So now he's just going to speak it in plain English. And so the third verse says, and the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job? He know he already did. He know he lost. But he going to bring it up anyway to rub it in his face. So he says, has thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth. A perfect man, an upright man, one that feareth God and excuseth evil. Man, God like, and he's. Still, you know, it reminds me, I have a niece, you know, and he's still, <laughs> and he's still, and he yet, he still held his reverence and respect and his love for God. That didn't change. He was unchangeable. He wasn't a man giving quickly to change. He didn't give ear to every, he wasn't, you know, moved by every wind of doctrine. He was not foolish. He was, as uh, Apostle R.D. Hinton said, he was thoroughly mixed and uh, <laughs> something, something, and, and firmly set, you know. And so, um, there's one part I want to read real quick what you said in, in, that, in that verse. And it says that, and one that feareth God and eschew evil. 
and he still holdeth fast to his integrity. And although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause, when I read that he holdeth fast to his integrity, I thought you would with that. So that's another one. Is that he still held on to who he was. He didn't give up his ground. He didn't lose his identity in Christ. He didn't lose his authority in him. He still, God knew that regardless of what you're getting ready to do, I know he's going to give me glory. I know he's going to praise me. I know he's going to keep being who he is because he's matured in it. And that just spoke out to me. This is getting good. Go ahead, sister. So it also says, I'm going to read this verse again because there's something else I want to point out. It says, and the Lord said said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Mm -hmm. It says, and still. He holdeth fast his integrity, you know, and there's a a scripture in the New Testament that talks about hold fast, you know, hold fast the faith, hold fast that word of God. And it talks about this in the full armor of God. You know, it says, you know, so let let me continue to read this verse. It says, "And, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, his integrity, although look, God said, and there's a button here, although. Thou movedest me against him to destroy him without a cause. You know, God showed me his heart in that. And you know what God said to me? He said, just like it repenteth me to have anointed Saul, it just about about hurt my heart that I I even let you, old devil, come against my servant. And even in spite of what I did, he still held his integrity. He still loved me. So now God fell in love with him no more. So now, you know, Satan, we remember the accuser of the brethren, the liar, the thief, the murderer. Remember, he the sort of discourse seed amongst the brethren. Remember who Satan is, people of God. And so he's in the midst. And so and Satan answers unto the Lord. Remember, he's wise as the serpent. You know, he's a wise serpent. It says that Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yeah, all that a man has will he give for his life. Meaning you let me touch everything else, but you wouldn't let me touch him. Hmm. I done tripped up all them people that I just told you I was walking to and fro through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't even thought about that one. Let me try his life. He'll trade you for that. I, anybody can cry over a kid. He had 10 of them. What about his life? All he got to do is sleep with another woman. Yeah. Wife. You know what I'm saying? He got a wife. He has some more. What about his life? That's what I want. That's what I want. Since he, since he shuns the very appearance of evil, and when people look upon him, they see your righteousness and your goodness. I want him. This devil's shrewd, people of God. So the fifth verse, God says, hmm, okay, okay. It says, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. And oh no 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 this the devil this the devil still talking I'm sorry so let me let me go back to the fourth verse it says that Satan answered the Lord and said skin for skin yea all that a man hath will he give for his life meaning he even give you his testimony his victory because I didn't got it from other folks it says but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and 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 his flesh 
and he will curse thee to thy face. Now, curse ain't just where a person curse from their mouth, you know, with those blasphemes and those wicked words. But a curse is also when you fall out of agreement with God. When God then sanctioned you, anointed you, appointed you, yes, Lord, blessed you, put you in position, said, I got this for you, said, I got that for you, I want to do this, and you are now cursing them because it's like, oh, whoa, 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 did you, did you, did you say this to me? Did you realize you have to pass Prophetess Richardson to say this to me? You know, <laughs> you know, type of situation. So the sixth verse says, and the Lord said unto Satan, all right, behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. Meaning, I'm not going to let you send him to hell. I'm not going to let you kill him. But I will let you touch him. I'll let you touch him. Because you're right. I didn't see all these people that said they didn't have my name. You talked to, gave me all the names of these people you walking to and fro in the earth. Let's 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 see about Job. Because he, he know me, Minister Cook. Now, one thing that I get out of all of this is God was able to brag on Job. Remember, God is all knowing. <laughs> yes. He was able to brag on Job and even allow the devil to touch him because he already knew the integrity that lied within his servant. He had so much trust in him because he got to that mature place to where he knew regardless of what happens to him, he is so matured and permanently set in me That's and his love for me that he will never curse me. One of the things that my dad tried his best to put in me when, when I was going to school was certain things you just can't worry about. If something happens, it happens. There's no need of you getting upset or being anxious about it. All you got to do now is move on and keep going. Job got to that place of maturity to where, like you said, he may have gotten a little upset. He may have gotten angry, but he didn't sin. He was able to move forward. They just came and told him that everything that he possessed, including his children, were gone and dead. And the first thing he did was went and worshiped God. He accepted the fact that the things happened, said the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name, of the, be the name of the Lord. He stated what happened, but he still knew that's and it happened already. Ain't nothing I can do about that. God is still good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't allow anxiety to overtake him to the point that it caused him to charge God foolishly. And he kept God. He's like, you know what? I need that stuff. I just wanted God anyway. So blessed be the name of the Lord. So now I'm going to go to the seventh verse. It says, so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord. Once again, the Lord gave him permission. Pew! devil gone it says and smote job it says and smote job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto the crown of his head so now he's got all these boils all over his body kids dead oxen all and gone this was the worshiper remember not the murmur or the complainer not the warrior this was the worshiper all this stuff gone and now he got boils all over his body. And so eighth verse says, and he took him a pot shed to scrape himself with all. And he sat down among the ashes. 
So here he is yet repenting. And he don't even have a trifling spirit, people of God. Let me let me tell you this this foolish. Let me say about all this foolishness. You know, a trifling, a trifling spirit is also an unclean, a dirty spirit. And as nasty as these boys was, he had the ashes to repent and he had the pot shed to scrape himself. Like I'm still gonna try to make sure I'm not going before the Lord unclean even if i have caused this let me not go before the lord unclean he still wasn't any characteristic of foolish he wasn't trifling trying to go before the lord unclean that which he could do within his own might and power he took care of and didn't have an attitude about it he loved god enough where he wasn't agitated well you didn't destroy my shed it's not like i could take a shower it's not like i didn't it's not like i can get in the uh the the, the pan and have somebody uh wash me you can put all of those people away you know my my, my well and things are no good because it was all over there and fire fell down i can't call him my son or daughter he didn't do any of that he said i love god enough he ain't finna see me like this i ain't going before the lord stank stanking all messed up he kept his integrity that mature place god didn't tell him i could care less you don't know where these boys come from clean yourself up he did it without whining or complaining about it and it says, um, it says, and the Lord, okay, so in the seventh verse, it says, so when Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with the swords and bulls from the sole of his foot unto the, into his crown, meaning from the top of his head, soles his foot. It says, and he took with him a pot shed to scrape himself with all, and he sat down amongst the ashes. It says, then said his wife, now this is the wife now. Now, this is supposed to be the help me. The wife is supposed to be the help me, the, the rib, the protector. This is the one that's supposed to make complete the man of God. She's supposed to be that Proverbs 31 woman. Also in prayer, her own maids and servants and has received a place in the Lord, whereas mm -hmm. he's the father. Now, she's the mother and they're Cohen, you know, they're, they're equally yoked in the spirit. So it says, then said his wife unto him. <laughs> Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. This is his wife. His wife, people of God. This is the woman that had his 10 kids. This is the woman that he willed and said, I do to. This is the woman he, you know, had received and had been taken care of. But he loved God so much, people of God. Check this. Jesus. Tenth verse. He said, but he said unto her, does thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh? So he immediately marked that devil. He loved God more than her. He said, do, do you speak as the foolish woman speak right now? He identified for, wait, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. You was in the spirit when I married you. You was in the spirit when we had all this stuff. Now you in your flesh? Now you foolish. Now you have the nerve to try to feed me this poisonous apple. Ooh, come on. It says, he said, what? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. He did not do like Adam. He learned from his successor in the gospel. He didn't eat that poison his wife was trying to feed him. He rebuked her. Because he loved God. You ain't finna take my relationship. You speaking as a foolish woman. Let me correct this spirit. There was nothing 
that could separate him from the love of God. This was his righteousness. This was his faith. This was his belief. He ain't love nobody. And he wasn't going to eat that poisonous fruit, that forbidden fruit that would take him out of agreement with God, that would take him out of the presence of God. I feel he was a man that feared his relationship with God. Wait a minute. You connected to me now. I, I, I don't need that harvest to come forth. He rebuilt her. And then it says, and all this, Meaning he wasn't in his flesh like, oh, she was the one that carried those kids for 10 months apiece. And, oh, I did tell I do and I love her. And, oh, she is going through this, too. He rebuilt her. Ain't no flesh tarry in his sight like won't no flesh or no liar tarry in the sight of God. Let man be true and every man a liar. He marked this devil in her. And it says, in all this. Did not Job sin with his lips? Now, when I read sin with his lips, I know he probably got real angry right there. He probably in his heart was like, ooh, you gave me this woman and she's supposed to be worshiping with me and she going to tell me to curse you. I am for real, though. So it said he didn't sin with his lips, meaning he still maintained his integrity. He knew what to say and what not to say. But so now this devil's kind of creeping in on people of God. Now this thing is pushing up on him. So now the 11th verse says, now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came everyone from his own place, Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the, the, the Shunite, and Zophar, the, the Namanite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. Now, check this out, right? These men of God that were supposed to be his quote-unquote friends were somebody he didn't fellowship with every day. These were some people that had some sort of servitude. So what the Lord has showed me, this is somebody that I didn't gave two talents. This is somebody else that I didn't probably gave three talents. But yet it said that he was the greatest man in all the land. So that means that even though they had a relationship with God, it didn't go as deep as Job's did. Their fellowship, meaning their suffering place, had not quite reached this peak where they could accurately discern and hear from God because here they are in their flesh coming with him to mourn. They cannot accurately discern what was going on because they had not only not inquired of the Lord, but their relationship wasn't so sound in a place because they had not, they didn't, their roots, their tree didn't go deep enough. They didn't suffer enough with God to know his voice because there is an ear in death, people of God. So they didn't know God in this place. And though they had known Job, they in their flesh. How is it the people of God, when we see a brother or a sister go through, nobody's inquiring at the hand of the Lord. You want to be the arms of flesh that comfort them, not knowing what's going on, not is inquiring of the God Lord. Is this, the devil? is this you, Lord? Is this the devil? What is your expected in? It says God wouldn't leave us ignorant to Satan's devices. So why was they ignorant? This shows you that people of God, the, the prophets of Baal, they were in groups. They were in cliques. You know, they these people had heard. So this is why the Bible tells us to be careful how we hear. These people had heard what was going on with him and immediately got in their flesh. Let's go mourn with him. Oh, mourn. The, the new scripture says rejoice with me when I'm going through. 
But if there was no rejoicing there, there was no relationship. There was no discernment. These were people that it just let me just speak it naturally. So this reminds me of the of some of the people we see in the church world today. This this all about prosperity. They naming it and claiming it. There is no relationship. They're not before God because they always on Facebook taking pictures with besties, selfies. They doing this. They doing that. And they have. And you don't know how they getting, you know, or their stewardship is only um at such a level will God reward that and yet all this other stuff just ain't him or people in the church God may have appointed you to be a certain position have a certain title or not have a certain title and yet God is dealing with you in a different way and now you're trying to unequally yoke yourself with the rest of the body. Now you are still supposed to walk in love. You still to do things in unity. You are still to submit. Yes. But this is why you have to be careful what you say and be careful how you ear so that your righteousness is not poisoned. Your garments are not stripped, that you are not taken over by a place that they're not willing to give up. But God has called you to. This is how we can be unequally yoked. It happens so, so easily, people of God. So when all these kings of the different lands decided to come together. It says that they want to come together to mourn with him and to comfort him. Okay, so the 12th verse, uh, Job 2, verse 12, it says, And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, once again, no fellowship, no suffering with God, so they couldn't discern it, knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept and rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. So they knew how to repent. There was there was a form of righteousness there, but it sounds like there were ones that kind of denied the power thereof. And it says, so this, this all they did. And the 13th verse says, so they sat down with him. Now, I don't know the 12th verse. I don't know if they did this in front of him or not, but I'm going to read this 13th verse. The 13th verse says, so they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. So when I read this, it never said that when they saw him that they did with him. It didn't say that. It said that they cried and they wept and they repented. They cried out. But it never said that they did this with them. So this is what's on their spirit. They flesh. They emotional right now. And so because they're in their emotions, they ain't done this in front of him because, you know, clearly he don't operate like that. So now they get themselves together and they sat with him. And it says when they sat with him, it says, and none spake a word unto him. For they saw that his grief was very great. So now his atmosphere is full of these church folks. It's full of these people in their emotions, trying to comfort him in the flesh, trying to replace the Holy Ghost. These people are full of things that they have heard, not from the Lord. Remember, they heard what he was going through. They didn't inquire at the hand of the Lord. So now his atmosphere, instead of being one in praise and worship, rebuking devils, He's going through so much and already pressed in on him from his wife because it said it didn't come out his mouth. It didn't say it didn't sit in his heart. 
It said he didn't do it with his mouth, which means there was already a war in his mind where he had to bring some things subject. Like, I'm not going to let this thing come out of my mouth. I'm got to, I got to cast down some imaginations here. I got to cast down every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So it, it, it showed that, hey, now this thing is kind of weighing down on him. You know, and then his wife just said what she said and invested spirit. He didn't get a chance to to uh, denounce because he's trying to clean his natural man up. And so now. This unrighteous and this unholy thing, this thing that had denied the power thereof is now sitting in his presence. And it says that I'm going to reread this verse uh, two and 13. It says, so they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights. And none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. So now they're in his atmosphere. And even though they're not opening their mouths openly and telling them, oh, curse God, or you you trifling, man. I knew you had to be doing some dirt. I knew you probably stole some of them, them, them asses. And I knew you probably did some crooked stuff behind the scenes. Everything in their heart, while they're repenting and feeling like he is him in the wrong, they're not saying it out of their mouth, but it's in their heart. So it's in their atmosphere. We're spirit beings, people of God. So now their atmosphere has 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 leaked in on Job. So in the third chapter, it says, after this, open Job his mouth and curse the day. Now. Cursed his day. Cursed his day. Now, we talking about Job. We talking about the greatest man in all the land. We talking about Job. Now, we're talking about the man of God who just recently was like, blessed be the name of the Lord. We talking about the man that rebuked his wife. We talking about the same one that God got to brag on twice to the devil. We talking about the one that met, that said that God even said, and after you had me move against him to destroy him without a cause, he's still yet held his integrity. So what happened? I had to get clarity. I had to get knowledge. I had to get understanding. So I, I, I had to get before the Lord and says, God, I want to know what happened because one minute his spirit was up and now his spirit is down. Now he cursing the day. How did he get here? What happened between the rebuke at his wife up until the point where these other church people, these other men of God, these other stewards was around him seven days and seven nights. And you know, the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, he said, it's an atmosphere. We're spiritual beings, people of God. He, he took me to the word where it says, what fellowship does light have with darkness? He took me where it says that be not unequally yoked. <laughs> When he, unbelievers. With unbelievers. That word is not just for uh, uh, the sinner. That's the unbeliever. But God may have given you a uh, simple instruction in saying, don't talk with your family. I'm not in that. You still being processed. Don't watch television. I ain't in that. I want to be all your revelation. Don't 
eat meat. There's a spirit in that and it talks. And now he's around people that's doing all the things that God has summoned him out of, that God has elevated him to a higher estate then. So they're not seeing as he is seeing. They're not discerning as he's discerning. There's still some foolishness there, meaning they they go the way that they want to go because it didn't say God sent them. It says they made an appointment. It didn't say that they were sent. Did I say they were sent? Did the scripture say? It said they made an appointment because of what they heard. This was flesh. This is, you know, once again, these were specific attributes of the fool, the kid that, you know, go where they want to go and do what they want to do. Misled, unsound, you know, mess, you know, this uh, uh, spend time idly. So you mean to tell me these men, oh God, they left the work of the Lord. They left the Lord's business. Not acquiring at the hand of the Lord, not saying, Lord, I'm acknowledging you so you so you can guide me in all my ways. Should I go over here with Job and pray and be with him? Job was probably praying for them. Now, we know in the end, that's exactly what he had to do was he had to pray for them. But these were people that had idle time. Job didn't have no idle time. Job was about his father's business. Job was the greatest man in the land. Job had too many asses, too many camel, too many oxen, too many kids, too many assignments to sit here and play with these play with these guys. He didn't have time to make an appointment to go do things idly, frivolously. It never once said he had time for that. This he was submitted to God. He didn't care what it cost him. He didn't care what other people thought. He had died through and suffered through some things. He knew God. He worshiped God. When he worshiped God, he did this alone. There was no group. He liked like the prophets of Baal. It wasn't no group. He didn't call forth an assembly. He this was his relationship was personal. So he had to go higher. So how was it that the same one, blessed be the name of the Lord, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. To I curse this day. Where did that come from? How did that spirit creep in? It was the atmosphere of the people he was around. You know, people of God, it says that we should know them that labor amongst us. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you to be self-righteous. I'm not telling you to esteem yourself higher than somebody else. But what the Lord has showed me is that when you are praying for people, and God is showing you specific things. You shut your mouth and you praying for people. That's what you do. Pray for people. But you have to be quick to hear and slow to speak. You have to make sure that the Lord is guiding your steps. You cannot allow everybody into your secret place. God has you in a place where he's refining you, where he is making you, where he is strengthening you. Because the Bible says that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. It says that, you know, um. I think it's Psalms 23 or Psalms 24. It says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Want is not just a thing naturally so, but it's spiritually so. And so for him to know God and you know you lack nothing, for these men to come with their ungodly atmospheres or things in them that war against your anointing, they may still be hanging around family members that God then told them. They may still be... Um, 
compromising in areas that God will spank your behind quick for. And because we're not watching, because we're not discerning, because we're not readily using our keys, not realizing that our confession is a weapon and we're not concerned with trying to offend another. They came to see about me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Let me let you in because I love you and you love me and you're not understanding where you are in the spirit. Instead of sending them away, you know what? Now it's not a really good time. And, you know, you 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 may smell like a little wine or a little liquor. And you know what? That's just not where I am right now. But I tell you what, I love you. God bless you. I got some things I got to tend to. He didn't let, he he could have sent them away and not let them minister unto him, or they could have came unto him and saw him praising God or thanking God at a permitted or appointed time. God did not send them and he did not call for them. So when they showed up, he should have sent them away. My God, that I'm just, just hearing that. So when they showed up, it was up to him to go up into another place. And no, not now. Not now. Not why I know God is moving. Not why I know God is working. I can't allow them in on my time. I ain't never let them in on my time before. I definitely shouldn't be doing it now. And yet he let them in and they didn't have to say anything. It was on them and it bled into his atmosphere and it snatched him out the spirit. And it happened so quick. They didn't have to say nothing. They knew what his stance was in God. They knew they knew of his works. It was it was done secretly. Yet God was rewarding him openly. So it wasn't if they didn't know nothing else, they knew that, hey, this is God. And if they didn't know there was jealousy, there was not accurately discerning what God is and who God is and what God was doing because they hadn't died to their flesh in that place. So when the Lord began to show me all this that took place, Proverbs 18 and 8, it says, the, uh, the words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down to the innermost parts of the belly. You know, remember the belly is where God dwells. Now, another thing about, you know, the belly is that, you know, the Lord had showed me through revelation about, you know, the gods of the belly. And he began to show me through the scriptures that, and even naturally so, when you eat something, people of God, it goes down into your belly. You know, the word also talks about how God desires truth and mercy in the inward parts. That's the belly. God wants truth in there, not lies, not deception, not mixture, not insecurity, not offense, not deep hurt, not rejection. He wants truth. Fear is everything that is not love. It is agitation. It is frustration. It is uh, malice. It is jealous. It is envious. It is anything that would have you um, not at ease, I guess, in a, in a sense. So a talebearer is one that not only just, you know, tells lies, one that gossip and backbites, but a talebearer is one that tells secrets. Meaning God will show them a revelation or talk to them and it's appointed for a secret in the bedtime, but they run off the mouth. They killing folks because the truth they know shouldn't even be released at an appointed time, but they just got to go pour it into somebody and they're killing them because that person is not even at a place where they could carry that word. So there's 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 some deceit there, you know. And so did you know that when you eat something, this is how the body works. 
when you eat something and it goes down into your belly, you know, your large intestines breaks it down. And then, you know, it goes into, you know, your small intestines, that which remains, that which hasn't been taking the nutrients and the vitamins and everything that your body needs from it, it strips it. And so the mess then goes into your small intestine and then it's supposed to go out of your rectum, which is your, um, you know, your booty butt hole. And so when I didn't want to have to say that, but, you know, I have to give you proper perspective here. But let me tell you how powerful that um, booty butthole is. Did you know that it is the small intestine that talks to the butt and says, release this part into the body, release this portion into the brain and the rest, you know, dismiss, let it go out the, you know, the hole. So part. So basically. When you eat of certain things, spiritually or naturally so, it get down into your belly. You can eat with your eyes by watching certain things because they are the gates to your soul. Be careful how you hear. You can hear something and it be an adder and it block the voice of God because of a faulty discernment or wicked judgment that's been put in you. So now there's things in the bellies of these men that can't hear or see God accurately. And the the, the emotional realm, the guys of this belly is speaking and and controlling the mind because it's what talks to the rectum and says, send this to the brain and this send out and the rectum submits and complies. And so it's not just food in there. It's not just a a, a pig you eating. It's not just, these are, these have spirit beings. So that spirit is there and, and, and then it's talking and it's doing things. And, you know, um, I'm just painting a picture of those that are around you, people of God, because the Lord may have given you specific instructions on how to walk in grace in your life. And then you get too comfortable or at ease before people that's supposed to be my brother or my sister in the gospel. And you're not carrying yourself according to the grace. And then you slip up. And so God says, I want truth in the inward parts. And so in, in all this. This is what's in this atmosphere. You know, it, um, um, Psalms 51 and 6, it says, Behold, thou desirest in the inward parts, desires truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know, means to suffer wisdom. But when there's a God of the belly working every evil work, as it talks about in Romans, the seventh chapter, strife, clamor, evil speaking, murmuring and complaining, the foolishness, that old unlearned and unchastised ways, the justing, the joking and the playing. Yes, Lord, these things are harmful because your mouth out of, out of the multitude of words, there lieth sin. It says in a man is snared by the words of his mouth, but it has to first be in the abundance of the heart because that's where the mouth speaks. So when you are in the presence of people that's not saved or people that you want, you watch, yes, Lord, operate against the grace of their life that they have openly confessed to you. God told me not to do this. God got me doing this. God got me doing that. And then you turn around and you see them doing something that's from the opposite of that. And yet that's your friend. Are they your friend enough for you to tell them the truth, for you to correct them in a situation? Are you the friend that going to uh, love it at all times? Meaning I can pray for you. I will have, take the wisdom of Solomon that God has given me to know how to go in and out amongst you all without messing up my garments. But I won't allow my 
uh, atmosphere to be contaminated. I won't go unless God sends me. And so this thing is deep because see, many times, people of God, we could be at our very best. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That glow and that belief because righteousness is believing God. That's the power of God. And so you can be in so in love with God, that faith, that righteousness, that power can be so beaming from your outer man that God is bragging on you in the heavens. <laughs> and as you are going before the Lord with your hands lifted up, praise and worship, cleaning out your spirit, God is not only watching you, but there's a devil watching you. <laughs> there's a devil watching you because he, he can't get in. You just shut the doors. And so now God brags on you. <laughs> and now he go to devil, finding any little thing he can to come against you. We got to be careful, people of God, to not allow the devil in us to become an accuser of the brethren. There has to be a balance, people. God, I'm not telling you to slay people. I'm not telling you to think yourself better than another. But I am telling you to watch your relationship because worship is a lifestyle. When he fell down and worshiped, it was in Job to do that. That is what he knew to do. But when he was around people that wasn't doing the same, that bled in on his atmosphere. It was quite a few of them. So when God looks to separate you from your family and allow there to be a cutoff, Allow God to do that, uh, Minister Cook. Yeah. Instead of worshiping with all of those, having all of those people around him, instead of doing what he did at the first and worshiping God, he cursed the day that he was born. He didn't curse God. No, he didn't. He did not curse God, but the atmosphere of those around him bled into his atmosphere so much so that even though he held his integrity not to curse God, he got emotional enough to curse himself, to curse the day that he was born and get in his emotions. And that's out of character. It was a transference of spirit because that's what was on them. They was emotional. They was crying and whining. You know, there's a lot of synonyms for crying, like, you know, is 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 whining and it's it's another type of drink because when God looks to be in your house and when God fills your house, that's the new oil, that's the new wine, and not the wine of the world. That's not drinking from the cup of devils. So when you're sitting in that atmosphere, you drink it from the cups of family members who drink, smoke, fornicate, and everything else, and then these transference of spirits happen and you be flipped so quick you don't know what happened. You'd be flipped so quick you didn't transgress against God and your relationship. Yes, legally, it's legal for you to be around your family. Yes, it's legal for you to be around somebody you used to go to school with or a friend, but now you didn't transgress against your relationship, prophet. So doing this, the and, it, and I mean, for him to have allowed that little bit of wine in him, and all they was around him was for seven days. And seven nights. They didn't even talk to him. They didn't even talk. They didn't. So could you imagine going to a party that God did not summons you to? Because this is my family reunion. This is my daughter birth. I mean, you know, my daughter birthday party. And you know, they're in there. Job's family, it said that they drank and they whined and they was with one another. And he wasn't in the midst of that. And God still kept them. Though they died, God still honored his promise and they had to go to heaven. Because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. And though it didn't say that, his submission, that powerful place that slays devils, 
his submission. He didn't leave the place of God and run to any of them. I never read that. It never said he ran to see about them. They was dead. He let the dead bury the dead, meaning he let those that wasn't really in Christ <laughs> bury, bury them. He died to what it is that he wanted to do. I'm pretty sure it was probably grandkids or something else that was probably there. And yet he maintained his relationship. He didn't look at the fact that um, El Eliphaz, Eliphaz and, um, Bildad. and Bildad and Zophar, you know, probably was doing selfies all day with they people and constantly talking with they people. He knew to watch his spirit. He knew when his people found him like Jesus, he was in the temple and he had to tell them, you know, just like Jesus told his mother and father, where you been? Where you been at? No, it's not that I'm about my father's business. Not only that, Joe was, um, he was very wise in certain things. He knew that the people that he would be around, um, I want to kind of, you know, help bring understanding as well with what she's saying. It's important too when you have a relationship with the Lord and you're around all these certain atmospheres that Sister Yvonne was talking about, um, renouncing and denouncing is very important. That protects your relationship. That is what you can't just go into your home and you've been out all day, you haven't. Uh, you've been in certain conversations and different atmospheres. It's important to renounce and denounce. You're not being offensive and pushing people away from you because you have a relationship with the Lord. And y'all, so don't touch me. I, mm -mm, no, right. no, no, no. I, mm, I hear from the Lord. I this is this, 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 this. I discern what Jesus is saying and this, that, and the other. And it's not that you're not doing that. But there are certain conversations that you protect. If you know God is giving you the grace to not gossip backbite, then you won't get in those conversations. If you know that God is not has given you the grace not to be jesting and joking and things like that, you won't get in those conversations. Those are those moments where you're blocking and you're protecting that treasure, that jewel, and you're protecting your relationship. Then after you come out of that atmosphere, after you've been from, you remove yourself from that, renouncing and denouncing everything that was around you, everything that you said, things that might have got in your spirit, you don't know. You're renouncing and denouncing it. But what happens is when people hear things like that, they automatically think, oh, I, I'm too holy. I, all I got to hide, I got to do this, I got to do that. No, 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 no. You still have to do the work of the Lord. You still have to do what God has given you, but you protect your relationship. And when you get to your place where God has given you to dwell, whether it's your car, whether it's your room, whether it's your house, wherever it is, it may even be your office. That may be the atmosphere or the sanctuary where you pray, you hear from God, wherever that place is, you make sure that you do a spiritual bath and you cleanse yourself from everything that was around you, everything that you got in from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Do it thoroughly. Then get in prayer again. Repent. Do everything that God has given to you to do. And that protects you even more. So it's, it's um, while Sister Yvonne, Yvonne was talking, that's what I was hearing the Lord say about his relationship. That's one of the things that Job did. When people came to him and they would talk about what they were going through and this, that, and the other, some of them didn't say anything at all. But 
he knew that they don't know what I know. They may know what I know, may not understand it. They haven't came up to it. They may not know. And then again, they may not know. But it's not me to look down on them or to make them feel bad or whatever the case may be. But I know that I have to guard what God has given me. I have to protect my relationship. So what I'm going to do, maybe silence may be best for me. Maybe me not saying anything may be just what it is, but I'm still going to walk in love and do what I got to do. He was mature in Christ. He was an adult. He didn't need anyone to tell him to walk in love or to be kind or to not walk proud or not have attitude or think he was arrogant and things like that. He didn't do that. He was a wise, mature man. So when people came to him in his atmosphere, he was overtaken because it got too much for him. And he forgot the principles of renouncing and denouncing. Yes. That's where he messed up. He forgot the principles of renouncing and denouncing and getting back, reading his notes, going over what God told him to do. He didn't do that. It got so much to the point where he was just having everybody around. He said, you know, he didn't say, you know what, y'all, I need a minute. I need to go pray real quick or let's let's finish this tomorrow or let's do this. So and so and so and so that slipped him. That it slipped past him and he carried all of that with him and he did not release it, which caused him. So, you know, it's very important that you do that, especially in your relationship. And I'm learning that even the more. I thank God for this this place of prayer that, you know, he's taken us to because it's important. I feel rejuvenated, replenished. It is nothing like prayer. It is nothing like your communication line to God. It's nothing like it. It's the direct thing to him where you can say what's going on, pull off the old man and and he pour into you even more. There is nothing like that. And I want to say a little bit before I pass it back to Sister Yvonne, when she was talking about submission, people think that Submission is a place of weakness. It's not. It's a place of authority. And it's also a direct, you know, line to God. God loves someone that is submissive. If you submissive, that means that you're pliable. He can use you when he wants to. He can trust you. to. If he tells you to go left, you're going to go left and you're not going to go right. He, he knows that if he says do this, you're going to do it and not have a murmur or complaint or have an issue or a problem with it. He knows that you're just going to get up and say, OK, yes, Lord, you said for me to do this. I'm going to do that. He knows that you're you don't have a buck or restraint in you. You're easily to move. You're easily for him to deal with you. You're easy for him to talk to you. He knows that if he corrects you, you won't get upset with him. You're submissive to him. He can do what he wants to do. But when people hear submission, they think that oh, that's uh, it's being controlled and I, I'm not going to have nobody over me. I, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm grown and this, that, and the other. It's a foolish but, the, but what people don't, I, I, I've had this thing that I never really understood. People want to be or say that they can be submissive to God, but they won't be submissive to men or the person that God is giving to have rule over them. So if if you if you if God has placed somebody to be ruler over you and they said this is a person that you submit to or this is from the person that you are to obey the instructions and things like that. But you say, oh, I, I hear from God. I hear this. So, 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 so that may be that may be true. But if that is your place of where he's telling you to and he's using that person to groom you or to train you, that submission 
is going to go to another level after you pass that level, after you pass it. Job went through all of that. That's yes. why he said he was mature. Yes. He had went through the places of being under someone where someone had to tell him what to do, train him, yes. teach him where to get to teach. He went through all that. He didn't just jump overnight and become a wealthy man. He didn't just jump overnight and all of a sudden God he gave him rulership. He didn't he jump overnight. These things had to be put in him. He, the word said he was mature. Yes, he was processed, thoroughly processed. But people think when you get in the church, you get saved, automatically God gave you a word, you finna have money, you finna have all of this, and, and oh, oh, I, I submit to God, I hear from God, but as soon as your pastor tell you to do something, although he's, or those he has placed in authority tell you to do something or give you something to do. You get offended and say, oh, no, I submit to God. I do what God tell me to do. But you overlook the instruction of the person that he placed over you. You still have to obey them that have rule over you. You can't jump from being a servant to a king in one day. It's not how it happens. Job had all the things that he had because he went through a process. And he accepted the process. And while in the process, he didn't murmur and complain about it. He went through it. He took it. And then God gave him all these things. But what happens is people think that when you read the Bible and you hear about these great men and women of God, you don't understand what they went through before they got to that place. And then when you, you look at the place where God has you and you talk about those, do you think that Job, as my sister said, do you think that Job had all these talents? And then when he got all these talents, complained to God about each talent that he had. He said, you gave me this, you gave me that, you gave me this, you told me to do this. Now I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. My, my plate is full. I don't know what to do. You think he went to God with it? No, he took it because he understood that if you're giving me all of this, you know that I have the capacity to carry it. So I'm going to carry it out. And he also saw that those talents were taken from other people and given to him. Mm -hmm. So he knew like, I don't, I don't want them to take them from he me. Studied, he paid attention to the things that were around him. That's what made him trustworthy. Yeah. That's what that's what knew, God knew that he wouldn't have that issue with. He knew that he could trust him and he knew that he could carry it. That's what took him to the place of being mature. So it's very important, people, God, I'm going to hand it over to my sister. It's very important that you, one, keep your relationship and also when he God gives you principles or guidelines on how to protect your relationship, you constantly do it because it is easy to forget. It is very easy. It is very easy for it to slip past you because you get so caught up in all the things that you have to do in the day. And then the enemy say, then the enemy puts you and law you to sleep and say, oh, no, you do it tomorrow. No, it's important that you keep your relationship. Go ahead. The word in Job, the first chapter, it said that in the fifth verse that um, Job sent and sanctified them. He rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of all of them. Job said, you know, it may be that they have cursed God in their hearts. And, you know, it says, thus did Job continually. You got to continue and being a, a doer of the word, you got to continue in prayer. You have to continue in worship. And and the um, Job, the first chapter, going back into the uh, 20th verse, it says, And Job rose up and rent his mantle, which is another way of repentance, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and worshiped. It never stopped his worship. These are key ingredients that you need in order to maintain your relationship, people of God. 
Well, people of God, I hope that this word blessed you. Feel free to share this message or join us in person.